Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Market. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Our homes today are like little cities full of different internetting boroughs, like the entertainment district in the living room or the virtual fitness center in the garage. And Xfinity Internet keeps it all running smoothly with reliable speed to power all your devices at once. You get coverage around town from the financial district home office to the spa. Xfinity Internet keeps your little city humming with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Find great offers and value today from Xfinity. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY to learn more. Restrictions apply. Keep your whole home running like clockwork from the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet. You'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. This is the Cubs-related podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. And we are coming to you on Tuesday, June 23rd in the year 2020. And I don't... I, I have a you know a special alarm for when I'm trying to alert you all that it is indeed time to strap it on again. And I sort of think we could sound that today, but also kind of not, which is sort of uh, how this whole process has gone. But it does appear that baseball is going to re-enter our lives, or at least try to re-enter our lives. In the very near future, we will get into the details that we have now as of Tuesday evening. It's about 7 o'clock in Chicago as we are recording this. Uh, So this conversation will have caveats aplenty. Uh, but we will talk about the impending return, at least that it that it seems, uh, of Major League Baseball and and what that would mean and and what that might look like. Um, but as always, given the the global pandemic and everything going on in the world, hope this episode finds you well, and hopefully you guys can excuse our schedule being all over the place. As we've talked about a little bit, like we we don't want to come on here and this episode assuredly is going to violate this this rule but there's really no way around it we we're trying to only come on when we have like concrete stuff as it relates to these negotiations and whether baseball is coming back and stuff like that but that's 
seemingly very impossible uh, to do. Things change every five minutes, and even today, like I said, we kind of have an idea of what's going to happen, but there's still some stuff to be ironed out. So, and then even if it was all ironed out, as we know with you know the way this virus is going and, and things like that, if you're looking at what's been happening with some other sports and some other teams that have tried to get together and practice and stuff like that, this stuff can just change on on a daily basis. So uh, that's kind of where we are, but we're going to talk about it, and it does kind of seem like baseball is is going to come back in our lives. So, uh, Brendan, I, th- I think just like gut reaction, it, it does sound like baseball is going to be coming back to uh, a world near you soon. They need this. They need to put the sport back in public viewing. So they have a season. Baseball will be the first of the big American sports back, nothing against the other sports. So I'm excited about it. I I know there's going to be a lot of fans who are not going to be sold that this season is legit. And I, I can get behind that point. But if anything, having a season back is going to set up the league in a healthier position if there were no baseball at all. I don't want to delve too deep into some of the exact specifics. We'll talk about some of them, but th- this is all sort of fluid. Is like there, there's not like a complete like stamp signed off. Like this is 100% what is happening, right? Uh, but in a nutshell, as we've been sort of recapping for the last. I don't know, Brendan, two months, I mean, however long this has been going on, uh, is the sides went back and forth. They kept submitting one proposal to the other. The players obviously shooting for prorated salaries over the most games that could be played. The owners shooting for basically the opposite of that, right? The, The lowest amount of money that they could pay. Uh, and the shortest amount of games or whatever guaranteed their bottom line getting saved the best because, of course, that's what uh, the billionaires were focused on. And ultimately, it got to the point, I think, as we kind of discussed in our last episode, that, you know, the players were like, we're done with this. We're not going to negotiate. Just tell us when to show up. Rob Manfred, just implement the season like you have the ability to do. We'll come, you know, we've already sort of agreed at some point to what these terms should look like, and we'll just do it. And that's basically what has happened. And so on Tuesday, the Major League Baseball Players Association informed the league that they intend to report to training camps by July 1st and play a 60-game season. That coming straight off of a lot of different beat writers and national writers. Uh, I'm reading this specifically from Jeff Passan from ESPN. That is verbatim what this... I'll read the entire tweet just so that you know exactly what this says. Uh, Again, as of 7-ish in Chicago on Tuesday... June 23rd. The Major League Baseball Players Association has agreed to report to training camps by July 1st and play a 60-game season, sources tell ESPN, but deal is not finalized. One last health and safety hurdle to get over, and Major League Baseball will be back a week from tomorrow. So that, that little note about it not being finalized and some of the health and safety stuff is why I say, you know, caveats aplenty. Like when you guys listen to this episode, things may have changed. Things may have become more finalized. Just stay up with the current news. Check Twitter. Check your blogs. Check your, you know, your beat writers and stuff like that just to to make sure that things are up to date. But that is basically the gist of what is happening. Now, I, I don't want to 
downplay the significance of that last note, the the health and safety stuff, um, because I, I think that one of the things I'm trying to do myself, uh, you know, as, as much as I want baseball back, as much as I want to watch the Chicago Cubs play baseball, it doesn't, it's not a small hurdle to get over. And it's a very important one, right? Like these players are all going to go out there. They're going to have to make decisions with their families. They're going to have to, you know, make decisions with the employees of the teams and anyone that's going to be involved in putting these games on. And again, the players themselves are going to be out there interacting with other people and stuff. So these protocols are, are very important. And so one of the things I'm trying to do is like when we see baseball players out there and this is all working and successful and everybody's safe and healthy, then I think I'll allow myself to get excited, Brendan. But like that's that's a big hurdle. And as I was kind of alluding to, we've seen a number of different leagues, um, you know, from across the country already having some problems with this and, you know, not necessarily anything that has been catastrophic, um, but just reports of when some of these teams are trying to get back to their training camps or practices or whatever, and they start getting tested, some of the guys are, you know, guys and women are testing positive, right? Some of the the camps that have broken out have had to get canceled. Some of the major league teams that were, uh, you know, training in Arizona have had those facilities closed down because of positive tests and they need to clean everything and they're, you know, going to do spring training at their home ballpark, etc. So it's all just to say, like, I, I want to be excited and, and ready for Major League Baseball. Um, I think as you guys listen to this podcast, it's it's easy to surmise that, like, the Cubs are basically my, you know, the most important thing in the world to me. Uh, but it's it's a big hurdle and and I feel like you know to a degree at least like in a lot of the baseball's back sort of like excitement and tweets I know I saw that specific phrase trending on Twitter last night my like initial reaction though is like well we're we're getting there but it's it's not back yet and and some of this stuff is you know it's a very important and ongoing conversation that they're going to have to be monitoring as it relates to this health stuff there's a side of me that that like wants to be like super excited and count that we're for sure going to get 60 games with a for sure guarantee playoffs. And yeah, like I let myself dive into that mindset every now and then. But that being said, we still have to get through spring training 2.0 without any major outbreaks within each team's ballpark. We still need to even get these safety protocols approved hopefully you know by now that you're listening to this that is actually released and made available there's a lot of different hurdles left in place that being said if the protocols are rigid if everything is running as expected then i think a 60 game season with what we have with a dh with the same playoff format i will be excited about that if I get the first two weeks through the season and it looks pretty good and we're managing, yeah, I'm going to treat this season exactly how I treat any other season. That's just how I am as a fan. That being said, though, even with the announcement coming back, hey, baseball is going to be back, and even if they agree to these health protocols, it's no guarantee that we're going to get through this without any hiccups, and that that is, that is a concern for me, no doubt, but we'll see. It's a fluid situation. 
at the end of the day, even if we get spring training back and opening day back, and even if I still have those concerns about the season, you know, lasting and not having any more COVID hiccups, just seeing David Ross back on the field, just seeing Javi take ground balls, just seeing Johnny throw in the bullpen, that's going to get me back into like, oh, okay, baseball's back. And for a little bit in that window, I'm not going to worry about the what ifs weeks from then or the what ifs with the playoffs. I'm not going to let myself go that route in that moment. So we just got to get to that moment, get to opening day, get through spring training. And then I think a lot of fans will come around and some of the you know anxiousness might go away at least for a little bit. Yeah. So again, looking at some of the stuff from Jeff Passan from ESPN, here's kind of the the quick notes. Like I said, we'll we'll when this is all 100% happening and and the Cubs are about to report to spring training, we'll get on here. Maybe we'll have a guest and we'll break down like, okay, this is 100%. What is happening? These are the facts, etc. But since it's not 100% finalized, I, I don't really want to delve into some of the deeper specifics. But in general, what we're looking at is 60 games, spring training around July 1st. Like I said, that's when they're asking players uh, to be able to report. The Players Association has said that they intend to do that. The number of playoff teams, even though that was uh, in question at times, because the Players Association ultimately rejected the proposal from Major League Baseball, the expanded playoffs are not in there. So that would be the, num- the normal 10 playoff teams uh, opening day around July 24th. I believe the idea is to do 60 games in about 66 days, something along those lines. Uh, and the salary for the players is full pro rata, which is uh, for 60 games is about 37% of the full season salary as long as this whole thing gets completed all the way through. What happens if it doesn't? I don't know, and we don't. I don't really want to think about that. Um, so, like I said, the, the biggest challenge is going to be keeping things safe and healthy, uh, but otherwise, you know, this is basically what we are looking at. So, I think kind of the the, the my my first reaction to this, Brendan, is is uh, I, I'm going to try to keep in mind that this is going to be wacky, right? <laughs> like this is going to be weird, and and I think you have to just embrace that from the start and be okay with that. Like this is not a regular season. This is uh, you know 60 games instead of 162 games, right? That's obviously a huge chunk of the, of the games not there and and it's not normal uh there will be a trade deadline but you know as you and I were discussing Brendan like you know that's going to be pretty weird i mean you're going to have teams needing to make a decision about what they feel like doing after what 30 games or so like it's it's yeah. this is going to be wacky and i and i think you kind of just have to get I think you just kind of got to get on board for that. Like, this is not going to be a regular season. This is not going to be a normal season. It's going to feel, I think, very fast-paced at times. Uh, I think the games, as weird as it may seem, especially when there aren't fans there and things like that, like, the the games are going to be very important. One out of 60 is a lot more important than one out of 162. And, you know, now if you're looking at 60, like, that's a, a sizable chunk less than the NHL and NBA play, right? And those seasons obviously don't seem as long as the Major League Baseball season. And, you know, now you're talking about 
that's in an NBA season or an NHL season, you know, about a quarter of the games you're cutting out, right? And that's the length that we're looking at for this. So that's what I'm trying to keep in mind, that like basically my attitude going into this, assuming they can do it safely, Brendan, is this is weird. This is a unique season. There may never be another MLB season like this. So the Cubs might as well just go out and win it. Keep your whole home running like clockwork from the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet. You'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. There's great news during the pandemic. The new Hypermax oxygen system is here. Doctor approved, clinically tested, at-home oxygen for improved health, fitness, and especially your immunity. Go to HypermaxOxygen.com. See how 300% more oxygen purity works wonders in only 15 short minutes. You're home anyway, so why not build your immunity and much more? HypermaxOxygen.com. That's HypermaxOxygen.com right? Some fans may not think it's realistic, right? And they may not think it's reflective of their actual teams. Nevertheless, we will always remember who won the World Series this year. It will be one of those like staples, right? It's almost similar to when 9-11 happened, when we had the Yankees and Diamondbacks. We all remember that World Series, given the magnitude of the, the catastrophe. And we know to this day, exactly what happened with the seventh inning or with the seventh game in the ninth inning. It's one of those situations in time where when I say 2020 and the World Series, 20 years from now, you will know who won that World Series. So it's it's a weird thing to reconcile the, the, the realness of the season with it's going to be remembered for a long time. And again, if the season goes according to plan, within the first two weeks. And it looks like, yeah, they're going to get through the season into October. Corey, I will treat every single game just as I did last year. It's just it's just who I am. And I guarantee like, you, you will too. Right now, it might be a little weird to accept a 60-game season. Each win is going to count as two and a half wins, almost, right? So some of the emotional weight as we get down the stretch, let's say you have like 10 games to go. That's going to carry a lot of emotional weight that it did in 2019 during the last three weeks. It's still going to hold that emotional value, I think. Right now, it's hard to put yourself in that situation because this is so unique. We've never been in this situation before. We have no idea how we're going to react. But in years past, with the, you know, what, basketball had a half a season, the NHL had half a season, we're getting about a 40% season. You know, it's, 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 it could be worse. The worst would be no baseball. Then you have to worry about the luxury tax. Then you have to worry about what that means for the Cubs. Corey, could you imagine if there were no season this year? The luxury tax would not be reset. That means going into next offseason, Cubs can't spend. They may not even be able to extend Chris Bryant because of additional financial issues. What does that mean for Javi? Do they trade Chris Bryant? What does that mean for Rizzo? If there were no season in place this year, forget even if the Cubs suck in 2020. If there's no season, this could spell the end of this current Cubs era because you can't reset the luxury tax. That that would have been traumatizing, dude. For the Cubs, for this era to go out because of a pandemic, you know, relatively traumatizing. 
that that would have just sucked. So at the very worst, the Cubs have the opportunity to keep within this win window because now maybe they go out and they trade Jose Quintana again underneath that luxury tax. Maybe they go out and trade, I don't know, Descalso for a bag of peanuts and they can get rid of that $2 million this year. So there I is... I think you're undervaluing the bag <laughs> of peanuts in that comparison. I know, I know. I couldn't think of anything worse at that moment. But that that's kind of where I am. It's like I, I'm almost relieved, Corey, in a sense that there is baseball only because I think baseball this year means the Cubs can extend this win window with these current guys. And for that reason alone, I'm pretty thrilled with it. I think that you have more faith in uh, the notion that Tom Ricketts isn't going to use the loss of revenue in 2020 as an excuse to continue not spending in the off seasons than I do. But you that's know, a discussion. The, role, the for... roles are being switched here. Usually, I'm the one with the with the dark realism here. This, let let me let me enjoy my moment while I can. I I mean yeah that that that's a discussion for another podcast. But uh, yeah, so I think that you know, really what this, like I said, like to me, looking at this and, and how to approach this is really about the the difference between a regular season and a 60-game season, I, I really don't think can be overstated. I think it's, it, it's really a completely different thing. And I think it changes how you look at basically everything um, as far as how how you're putting out your lineup every day, how you're thinking about different players, how you're thinking about guys getting rest and things like that. And and even like you you mentioned, like the trade deadline is going to be an interesting thing because even if the Cubs find themselves at, at whatever this trade deadline is, I mean, almost everybody should theoretically be competitive. Um, I mean, if you come out the gate and lose the first 15 games, then you're probably going to be out of it. But, you know, I mean, even if you're hovering around or a little bit under 500, like, you know, it's not that long of a season. Like, you might be able to convince yourself that you can turn it on. Um, When you're looking at, like you brought up with Jose Quintana, I think that's an interesting example. So I want to zero in on that. Like, obviously, I know uh, a huge concern with this Cubs team is the luxury tax and their efforts to get under it and reset it and stuff like that. Like if you're looking at the trade deadline and you're thinking about, you don't have to be out of contention in this short season to consider making moves from a financial perspective. Because like if you're looking at Quintana as a specific example, like if you trade him halfway through a 60 game season, you're missing out on what, a handful of starts? right? Like to me, the idea that a handful of Quintana starts to say Alec Mills starts is some vast difference that, you know, keeps the Cubs out of the playoffs or something in this. I I just, you know, I I, I don't really see it. I mean, there's also a considerable risk in trading to acquire a a player in such a short season. Because if, if, you know, if you acquire a player for around 30 games, if, if, you know, if it's half the season, right? Like it's pretty easy for a guy to come over and not be super impactful in 30 games. It's really not a a very long time and you're just not getting them. You know, it's going to be interesting to see, it's all to say, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how these front offices decide to 
value this particular season and value the contributions that somebody might be able to make in in a season like this? Are like our teams going to be willing to give up big time players or, or prospects or things like that to get a handful of starts from a starter? Like I I don't know, and and it's going to yeah. be you know you might be looking at a very congested playoff scene just because you don't have you know, when, when the regular trade deadline happens, you know, you're, you're, uh, over half the season, you know, so you're closer to like a hundred games, right? Like you don't have a very long time to like, it's going to be very congested. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see if teams really feel that impetus to go for it, right. Or like push all the chips in because it's like, uh, this is, you know, kind of hard to figure like what your return on any particular investment is going to be. And, and I think, you know, again, like going back to the Quintana example, like I, I love that like baseball is not even a hundred percent back. We're already like shipping people off and like, I know, get them off <laughs> you know, trying to do this. But <laughs> I, I, I do think it's, you know, there, there's just an, an argument to be made, like how important is any one given player in, in such a short span, especially when you can't guarantee what that performance is going to look like. Like you can look at up and down, like any of the, like you Darvish is a great example, right? You Darvish had one of the best second halves of any pitcher in baseball in 2019, but that's not how the season started for him, right? So in a 60 game season, like you might get one extreme, you might get the other. And it's not always in somebody's control. We've talked about, you know, someone like Rizzo, who usually takes a handful of weeks to like really get going at the plate and really heat up. Like there's no time for that, you know? And like, if that's just how it happens for Rizzo, like normally he puts together a great, you know, top of top level season over the course of 162 games, like, 60 games isn't that much, you know? So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how teams approach decisions like that and, and just how ser- not not how serious they take this season, because I think that's the wrong word, but just like how aggressive they are in trying to do everything they can to win in a tr- such a truncated season and, and one where, you know, I think it's just going to be hard to really figure what the right path is to take I that I think that's going to be one of the most fascinating things to look at here well the range of possibilities becomes greater in both directions so you have more possibilities where you become you know one of the best teams in the league based on record just because you only have 60 games like for Quintana he if we assume a five-man rotation which we don't even know if that's going to be the case this year but if we do assume a five-man rotation Q will get 12 starts and if they prorate his salary and if the Cubs trade him by the August 31st trade deadline, then just dealing Q alone puts them underneath the luxury tax. Okay, So right now, the Cubs, according to MLB Cots contracts, they're about $5.5 million above the luxury tax of $208 million. So right now, when you calculate the roster, when you calculate all the player benefits, everything, all in all, Cubs sit at $213.5 million, okay? So just trading Q for six starts, Corey, puts them underneath the luxury tax. And you may have a different team. I don't know every single team's financial situation, 
but you may have a different team who has a lot of luxury tax wiggle room. And so for the Cubs, you know what? Maybe they're thinking, we'll trade Q because we only have six games. We could still be competitive. We'll throw Alec Mills in those six games. Or do you know what? Since we have a 50-man roster, maybe 30 of which are active, we'll just bullpen those games. And in doing so, you sustain your competitiveness and you get underneath the luxury tax. This could work out in the Cubs' favor. And for the other team who has all this wiggle room with their luxury tax, the Cubs could just trade Q for nothing and still come out on top with it just because you get underneath that luxury tax. So I think I think there's a lot of range of possibilities here, but I also think that it could benefit the Cubs greatly, both in that they can stay competitive relatively if they put themselves in a favorable situation by August 31st. And you can get underneath the luxury tax without really sacrificing anything. You know, if you trade Quintana during a regular season before the trade deadline, you would have been giving up maybe, Corey, like 20 or so starts, depending on his market during the time. That's a lot of games given up. And, you know, Quintana, he's been average league average. I expected more. I wanted more. But if you traded a 20-game league average pitcher in a normal season, that is a huge thing to part with, and you want some value back for that. This is a completely different scenario now where the Cubs could come out on top in that they can trade some of these more expensive guys, such as Quintana, while keeping their competitiveness because they have a deeper roster and because the nature of the sport right now the the number of possibilities are so wide that you may feel comfortable giving Alec Mills Quintana's spot going with that same example. So we'll see. You know, maybe we'll, we're still hearing news about what the trade deadline involves, how they work with these luxury tax situations, if they just prorate the salaries against the luxury tax. We'll find out. But if we're operating under the assumption that they will be prorating the luxury tax with this August 31st deadline, then I think trading Quintana almost is a no-brainer. It's only six starts, Corey. It's a no-brainer, and you can easily fill that in with a bullpen day or with Alec Mills. So yeah. it could be good for the Cubs. So I, I don't. I, I first of all, it's extremely on brand. If you've listened to, I would say more than one episode of this podcast, it should not surprise you at all that we are in the middle of trading Jose Quintana and getting under the luxury tax before there's a deal finalized. Uh, right. This is what That's you signed what up for. Um, but I, I do want to say, like, I don't, I don't want to, like, that that the reason that we're doing that is because I do, I think we both genuinely feel that that's the most fascinating part about this is that like obviously like you know they're gonna play you're trying to win the division you're trying to get in the playoffs you're ultimately trying to win the world series of course like that's all implied but what what really is different and and what changes when you look at a 60 game season is stuff like that the luxury tax still exists the the need to move contracts and think about years beyond just 2020 in terms of roster construction and stuff like that does still exist so i think the reason that we end up on something like that so quickly is because 
it what now that we kind of know that it's going to come back and this is what it's going to look like this stuff didn't just go away because baseball wasn't being played the minute that things are on and like the roster freeze is over and you can start moving players and things like that like these are very real issues for the Cubs and there's a reason that we talked about it all off season, and there's a reason that some of this stuff has been talked about for multiple off seasons and so that's I think why we end up on a subject like this because it it does matter and you know once this stuff restarts like this is stuff that Theo and his front office and you know the Cubs organization as a whole is going to have to think about so uh as we're recording this uh I do want to jump in here with I guess breaking news it's nice of them to do this while we're recording this because if they they, always happens dude normally our luck would be like they would do it 45 minutes after we finish recording uh but it, it it's being reported now. Uh, now it is around seven thirty uh, in Chicago on June twenty third that the MLB has agreed to the union's health and safety protocol, uh, and that all players who cohabitate with a high risk individual, including a pregnant spouse, has the right to opt out and be paid with service time. Uh, so it, it sounds like they are coming to an agreement on the health and safety stuff. Obviously, like we said, like that stuff is going to be, I think they referred to it in one of the, the notes I read earlier as, uh, you know, kind of a rolling document, something that is going to be continuously updated as the health information comes out with the current science, et cetera. Uh, but it, 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 you know, it's good to hear that they're agreeing on this stuff. And if, you know, people need to opt out because they just don't feel safe about this or they're, you know, at higher risk than others, they're not going to be, you know, left out in the dust if they decide to do so. So, um, again, that that stuff is going to continue, and and they're going to have to be, you know, very uh, quick to adapt to some of this health and safety stuff, and you know, make sure they're doing the most to keep these guys safe. But uh, other than <laughs> talking about the luxury tax and who we're already trading uh, in a season that hasn't started yet. Um, I, I do just, when we first talked about this, Brendan, I think we were looking more at like 100 games, maybe, maybe 81 games, because that was like kind of what they were looking at in the first place. I, I, I wanted, I want to ask you and like get our, you know, both of our thoughts on just like your gut reaction to 60 games as it relates to this specific team. Uh, Now we know that that's what the number is going to look like. And just what you feel about like from this roster, from a competitive standpoint, the goal obviously is to win the division or at the very least make the playoffs and ultimately try to win a World Series. Comparing to what we were looking at over the course of a 162 game season, like what, what are your like initial thoughts on this group in a 60 game season, regular playoff setup, um, you know, what are you thinking about how this looks? And, and do, do you, like initially, of course, there's a million different ways that things could go. There's variables aplenty. But do you think that this is a better situation? Do you think this group is better suited for a 60-game season versus a 162-game season? Let's start there. I think it does suit the Cubs better. And I think it suits them better than you know, most of your other teams. But at the same time, even though I think like my personal view, I think it's better. This team does have an aging starting rotation. I'm more focused on that rotation just because that will be more unpredictable. 
how do we how do we think John Lester will pitch this year? How do we think you Darvish will pitch this year after two straight years of a little uncertainty? Even though I love you, he looked fantastic. I'm the biggest you Darvish fan. You still have to ask yourself these questions. How will an aging starting rotation with a completely unorthodox ramp up period with this 2.0 spring training, how is that going to play this season? And if you compare the Cubs to, let's say, the Dodgers, for example, the Dodgers have more certainty with that win projection just because they have a little bit more of a stable lineup and pitching rotation. The Dodgers are the clear favorite in the NL. But with the Cubs, they can get to that same ending point as the Dodgers, but you need John Lester to be at least league average. You need you Darvish to repeat that second half of last year, which I think he will. Like I think what Darvish has been doing in the offseason, the videos he's been uploading, how he looked in spring training, everything points to Darvish sustaining that level of success, which makes me confident. But similarly, how is Hendricks going to pitch this year in a shortened season? He's dealt with shoulder fatigue in years past. He's dealt with some nagging injuries. So that's that's on my mind. But if these guys can stay healthy in the rotation and they perform to expectations, I think there's so much potential with that lineup to propel them as one of the better teams in the NL according to record. Just because, again, you have so many possibilities on the loss side and on the win side. But a lot of the projections we've seen in the offseason for a 162-game season was predicated on the Cubs' pitching staff. The lineup was more stable with their projections. But the pitching from system to, or from projection to projection was so variable. You had Alec Mills in Pakoda being more valuable, Corey, than John Lester. Whereas for Zips or some other projection models, it's reverse. So that's that's it's speaking to the volatility of the projections specifically for those pitchers. But I'm really excited to see how we can utilize, you know, Trent Jambroni or how we can utilize even Zach Short in this type of format. Then we can mix and match with Nico. You can put maybe even Nico Corey in center field shift half to left field, and then use Schwarber in that DH. Now that DH is a huge advantage. So I, I am excited about it. You know, in a shortened season, it does suck there's fewer games, but there is a side of me too, and I keep saying this, there's a there's a huge, like, curious side of me that wants to see how this DH works with Schwarber, with Hap, with these other guys, but also too, giving some of the fringe, you know, quote-unquote, uh, you know, quadruple A players a chance here. And and I love I love seeing those guys succeed. I, I keep saying this again too, but I, I really do mean it. Having a David Bodie step up is such a I don't, I don't know, it's just such a pleasure to see some of these guys come from nowhere, change their game, get an opportunity and seize that opportunity. I love seeing that. And I think this type of format creates more opportunities for those players to become like David Bodie 2.0. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required.
I've been riding a motorcycle for 52 years. I started having back pain that turned into the knee pain. I couldn't even sit on the motorcycle. I was like, oh man, am I going to have to give up riding bikes? Kaiser Permanente, they decided I needed a hip replacement. So I was going to do it through outpatient surgery. <laughs> Panned out great. Recovered overnight. Was home by 11 o'clock the next morning. I'm glad I made the choice for Kaiser Permanente. I'm enjoying life. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan in the Mid-Atlantic States, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Yeah, I, I think my gut reaction is is similar to yours. I think this team is... I would I would say like honestly obviously better suited for a shorter season like a sprint rather than a marathon. Uh, there are, as you alluded to, like there's some definite. It's not a sure thing. Like this, the Cubs just like any other team has question marks, has things that are need to you know they're going to need to go right. I already alluded to you know a couple of them like with Darvish, with Rizzo, etc. Um, but I think especially just given the way that things have gone for this team the last couple of years, I, I think it's just obvious, at least to me, that this group is better suited for a shorter sprint rather than a 162-game season. We, we've just seen how much the lack of depth has affected this team uh, from a, a a contribution standpoint, just trying to find certain positions and certain players to get that uh, you know positive contribution on the field, but also the toll it takes on the other guys, right? You know, we've seen the toll that Javi not really having a true backup or a good backup. Um, you know, the last couple seasons has taken on him and how many injuries like he's blatantly had to play through, right? And some of these other guys, you know, KB's had some nagging injuries, Rizzo's had some nagging injuries. And, you know, when you don't have that strong depth there, it puts more pressure on those guys. I mean, look, like if the depth was where it needed to be, Anthony Rizzo probably doesn't need to play on whatever you want to call his ankle, right, in in last year. Like, they needed him to play. Like, they were in a situation where they were running out of gas as a team, and they needed their their big guy out there, right? And he had to do what he had to do. And then we saw the pictures afterwards, and it was nuts that he was doing that. So I, I think in a, in a shorter season, you can rely on the the top level talent and again all of it like with any team uh, assumes that they're healthy and assumes that they're able to perform at you know their career norm or better right or something along those lines but I, I think that the Cubs are in a better position in a shorter season because you're just not going to have to worry about that depth and I mean even if you look at obviously they've done a lot of work to compile as many bullpen arms as they can and then give David Ross and and the Tommy Hadavi as many options as they possibly can to to piece together a strong bullpen and it's only going to help them in a 60 game season that you don't have to concern yourself as much with the longevity with the durability right like Steve Ciszek is someone that comes to mind he's not on the Cubs anymore but I think he serves as a really good example of sort of the problem that the Cubs had, right? Like early in the year in 2019, they blew so many games, right? Just especially in that first road trip. I mean, they were just blowing games left and right. And you saw Joe Madden start to, I mean, we were seeing Steve Ciszek in every game, right? Because it was just like, look, like I, I, I don't have that many guys to trust. I have to keep going to this well. And then by the end of the year, it's readily apparent that C-Sheck is completely gassed after two years of just near constant use. 
in a shorter season, you know, if David Ross needs to lean on guys who have been successful, like Rowan Wick, like Kyle Ryan, like any of these uh, new guys or some of the guys we've seen before, Brad Week, etc., if they're doing well and they're getting outs and they're reliable, you don't have to worry as much about saying like, okay, well, if I'm leaning heavily on Rowan Wick right now in the early portion of the season, where is he going to be if we make the playoffs? Where is he going to be if we need to win big games in September? So I think that that's kind of my initial reaction to that. There's plenty of questions. Like I said, you can look at someone like Yu Darvish, who had a tale of two seasons in 2019. Rizzo, someone who takes a little while to get going. What on earth is Craig Kimbrell going to look like? Because, you know, we spent all of that time last season talking about how, you know, part of his struggles you could potentially blame on him not having a regular spring training and not really getting out there until the Cubs signed him in the middle of the season. Well, it's not really that much different now, is it, right? Like the only difference is that he ramped up once and now had to shut it down and now he's going to have to do it again. So I don't know what that's going to look like. There's plenty of questions on this team. Do any of those guys that we saw in that group in spring training take hold of the second base job? What's, you know, who's going to get the majority of the playing time in center field? Does, you know, one of Ian Happ or if it's Albert Almora getting some of that time, do they get hot? Do they have a consistent approach and, and you know, performance as this short season goes? There's plenty of questions. So I, I don't want to, when I say it's obvious to me that this is a beneficial thing for this group, that it's shorter, I don't want it to seem like it's a guarantee that this team is going to be successful or that there's no questions that exist on this team, because there are plenty. But I think when you're not as concerned about durability, you're not as concerned about going from game one to 162 all the way into the playoffs from March until October, I think that this is a group that benefits from that. And, and you know, like you were talking about with the older rotation, you know, I think for someone like John Lester, like I, I think you know, his last couple years have certainly fluctuated, right? They've ebbed and flowed with, you know, he'll have those periods where he has a couple of, you know, real clunkers, then he looks really good, then there's some more clunker, you know, it's just how it is. But again, I, I think for someone at his age trying to work with what he's working with, I think being able to kind of cut it loose a little bit more in a shorter number of starts, and again, not worry about the toll it's going to take on your arm, your body, etc. for such a long grind, I, I think will benefit these guys. I, I, I think that when you boil it down to top-level talent, which we've talked about a lot with this group, I think that the Cubs' top-level talent, you can put it up against most in the league. Uh, and in a, a short season, you rely on that top-level talent to just kind of carry you. And I, I think that that's hopefully how this goes. I mean, obviously, but but I mean, that that's what I would really hope for. If the worst thing about this is that in a short season, you're saying, okay, Javi, KB, Riz, Wilson— Schwarber, if he can hit like he did in the second half of 2019, like just pace us, just carry us, put us on your back. It's it's not that long of a journey, and just take us where we need to be. I I, I feel pretty good about that. It's going to be interesting too how teams get creative because you have a 60 game roster. You know, my first reaction is how will the Rays 
capitalize on this. They're one of those teams in years past who used relievers to start games for like one or two innings, like Sergio Romo is an example. Will the Rays use like a three-man rotation and then utilize all the extra rota- or all the extra roster spots with pitchers so they can do multiple bullpen days? Like that that's something that will be fun to watch and could be like a proof of concept for future years in a real 162 game season. We've heard for years, Corey, I mean, even dating back to like the mid 2000s, I've been reading about this. What would a three man rotation look like? Or what would like a three man rotation with kind of like another starter to piggyback off of in the same game look like? We could be seeing that. This could be one of those opportunities for baseball teams to experiment because the consequences of these experiments is so minimal compared to a real season. So this could be one of those seasons that could actually transform baseball and strategy and how we look at pitching and rotations and lineup construction and the DH and the NL. This is this could be, in a weird way, I'm not going to say beneficial for the sport because I think the damage right now has been so severe, but I do think it gives the sport an opportunity to expand its possibilities for improvement within the game. Um, I don't know. I, I, as always, as these podcasts go on, I like talk myself more into these things, but I still am really excited, Corey, about a 60-game season. Again, I want to get through some of the safety issues. I know the union just agreed to the safety protocol. That's exciting. I get it. But the pandemic is such a fluid situation. I got to get through the first two weeks. But if it goes according to plan, you have a lot to look forward to. You have a lot to look forward to with how the Cubs use the DH. You have a lot to look forward to with how they use some of these fringe guys like Trent uh, Jambroni, how they utilize David Bodie and Ian Happ may get more played appearances because you have the DH. Maybe you have Almora. I know you don't want to hear it, but maybe you have Almora take, I don't know, more valuable role because you have a slightly better defender in center field relative to Happ. I don't know. There are a lot of stories to follow in a shortened season only because you have a shortened season. You would not get these same stories in a regular season. I think if you center your attention on that and move beyond all these negotiations, all the different hatred throughout the negotiations and the damage that it's caused to the sport, there is underlying a lot to be excited about. And I and I think, you know, I think we all as fans We'll get to that point. Once we get to opening day, Corey, imagine opening day in a month. Finally, you see that lineup. Once we get to that point, a lot of this might quickly dissipate. All the anger, all the anxiety might dissipate. Interesting to see how this goes. Uh, before we wrap up here, and again, we'll we'll jump back on soon. Like as this stuff becomes more concrete, and you know, players start to show up and stuff like that, we'll you know get back on here and we'll really go through things. Um, but as this is all happening, like if you had to tell me right now, um, aside from the obvious, and I'll let you decide on who falls into that category or not, who do you think is the, the, the key to this type of season for the Cubs? If you're looking at this roster, if you're looking at players, whose success or failure do you think is just utterly critical 
in a shortened season like this? Who who are you looking at and saying this is a guy who, if he's good, if things go well for him, th- it just bodes so big for the Cubs? Do you, do you have anybody that jumps to mind for you on that? I do. If you assume what we saw in 2019 carries over for most of the players, I think it's Hap, Corey. It has to be Hap. We barely saw him last year. And we saw him succeed at the same time the Cubs fell off the cliff in late September. Here's why Hap is the most important. One, he has the center field flexibility, but he also has left field flexibility. And if we need him to be a second baseman, if Hap comes out, gives you like a WRC plus of 120 or rather, you know, hits 270 and you scale the home runs to a regular season that's similar to like 25, 30 home runs, that solves so many issues, Corey. And if not Hap, that second guy I would argue would be David Bodie for the similar reason in that you have more flexibility. You don't have to use the Scouts as second base or Kipnis. Who knows what Kipnis will provide, but you don't have this gaping hole in the infield. So if Hap succeeds, maybe that does fix some of the depth issues, especially at second base, if that's where they ultimately put Hap. But at the same time, if Bodie succeeds as well, it kind of accomplishes the same objective that I hope Hap would accomplish. So those are the two guys I'm looking at, is Hap and Bodie. And I think really between the two, the one guy to have the the most dramatic impact would be Hap. Yeah, I mean, I I think I can get behind either of those. Uh, I think just to provide a different name, I mean, I think Victor Caratini is someone who is going to be yeah, very especially for DH here. Yeah, especially with yep. the DH, and especially with what he was able to do last season. And you know, again, talking about that depth, I think if if he is able to hit to the level that you're able to slot him in at DH. Uh, and to the level that you are able to allow Wilson to DH or move to, you know, the outfield, whatever they want to do, let Rizzo DH, you know, again, you're not going to have that many off days. So I'm, I'm not advocating for taking someone as good on defense as Rizzo out. Uh, But you're, you're going to, you maybe David Ross needs to get creative with, okay, I don't want these guys bats out of the lineups too much, uh, but do want to keep them as fresh as I can over such a, you know, short period of time. If Caratini is able to play that role and he's able to provide the the good receiving, good framing, uh, and game calling that we've seen him do over the, you know, the course of his time in the majors, like, I think that's, I think that's huge. I, I, I do agree, you know, certainly yeah. someone like Hap, uh, with his versatility and, and the, the ultimate talent level that he possesses, I think is, is another key one. Um, but I, I do think that, that Caratini, just given the positions that he's able to play, uh, and the, the role that he can possibly play, I, I think that's huge. Like, if, if he hits, man, like, that just gives David Ross so much flexibility uh, in some of the places that you don't always have it. Like, the ability to move around your, your big hitting catcher and stuff like that, like, with without missing a beat or, like, you know, to a degree, I think would just be so big for, for David Ross. Um, but as we've said, that is, this is a... Uh, you want to talk about being thrown into the fire as a first-year manager. Uh, how about a completely different set of rules and shortened season to sort of 
get your managerial career started. I have no no doubt in my mind that David Ross is extremely well equipped to pull this off, but this is uh, obviously a far cry from what he was planning for uh, and what he was, you know, going to all those meetings that we saw in those Cubs YouTube videos. It's not exactly what uh, I think he had in mind as far as some of this stuff, but I, I, I again, I, I do think that they're they're well suited for this. I think it's exciting that they're they're going to try to bring baseball back, and and again, I hope that they're able to do so safely and and with all the health concerns in mind and able to pull all that off. But it's going to be exciting to have Cubs baseball back. Uh, and I, I think that this group, you know, in, in, a, in a wacky season, I, I think, you know, this, this group has the talent to pull something off, um, you know. Do I think that they're the, the best team in the league? No, you know, we, we've gone through all of that. But uh, in a 60-game in a season and, you know, with this group, I, I, I think that you can – I really simply like strap it on and go. Like I said at the beginning, like this is a weird season. There may never be another one like it. Why not win it? Right? Like why not be the team that won it? And you know, you can have that kind of unique championship forever. So uh, that is, I, I think, pretty much what we've got for you. It, 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 you know, again, like they still have to get out there and do it. We have to like see it happening. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, baseball is coming back. Uh, so you know, you can stick with us. We'll we'll start to get on a more regular schedule. We'll start to look at exactly how all of this looks. We'll we'll start to be able to talk about the guys reporting and how everybody looks, and you know, be able to evaluate those things as it goes. Uh, but you know you've you've got a little bit of time. You've had a, a, a long period of time to prepare yourself for this. Uh, but now you know you kind of have a deadline. You have to be uh, ready to strap it on and go, and ready to uh, you know, as Brendan was kind of alluding to, get get ready to live and die with every pitch because over the course of sixty games, that are a lot more important than they would otherwise be. So. As always, as, as hopefully we near the end of the the sort of weird nature of this process, I uh, want to thank you guys again for, for sticking with us and, you know, allowing us some flexibility on when to record and how to record and, you know, just how to kind of navigate all of these various issues. Um, hopefully it's a little more normal going forward, obviously, uh, but wanted to thank you guys for, for kind of being flexible with that and, um, you know, giving us some leeway to kind of figure this out. Obviously, we've never recorded a baseball podcast in a climate like this. So uh, thank you for that. Thank you for listening today. And and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Uh, And as always, whether we're reporting on negotiations that were going on for a couple months or getting ourselves ready to actually talk about baseball again, we always end by saying, go Cubs. Behind every company, there's a time-tested engine keeping it moving. After earning his master's in accounting degree online from Grand Canyon University, Isaac's helping drive his client's business forward by identifying efficiencies and building business models. He's become a core team member, keeping clients on budget and ensuring their success. What do you think accounting careers look like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity X1 gives you the most complete entertainment experience with everything from live TV to your DVR to on-demand favorites and your streaming apps. Just use your voice remote to easily find what you want to watch. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. Little did I know that when I joined Kaiser Permanente that it would be on my top 10 list 
for what has made this year great. I can see my physician, I can be referred to the lab, I can then be referred to the pharmacy, all in the same building. You, you've got it all. I mean, it's, it's quality of care, it's compassion of care, it's convenience of care. It's terrific. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic States, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.